0: Hi, this is Cassie Frazier, host of Runway Role Models, and this is our future is missing. Please be on the lookout for 17-year-old female Kaylee Malera. Kaylee went missing January 14th, 2011, from Braintree, Massachusetts. She is biracial, African American, Caucasian, five feet seven inches, 135 pounds, brown eyes, brown hair. She is an endangered runaway. Kaylee has a tattoo on her upper right arm. If you know of Kaylee Malera's whereabouts, please contact the National Center of Missing and Exploited Children's Hotline at 1-800-THE-LOST. That's 1-800-843-5678. To see a picture of Kaylee, please click on the link on the Voice America homepage, Our Future Is Missing, or go to ourfutureismissing.com thank you you're listening to voice america kids real kids
1: real talk radio
0: welcome to alive and green with your host mario jr want to help save the planet and have fun while you do eco mario will give you the green scoop and maybe even tell a joke or two now here's your host mario jr
1: Thank you! Welcome to the Mario Jr. Alive and Green Show on Voice America Kids. I am Mario Jr. and our topic today is Evolution of Windmills. And of course I have my mom here with me.
2: Hello everybody!
1: (laughs) (laughs) And as you know I love to have fun, so in each broadcast I have the joke of the day and I'll give you the green tip to help you on your journey to go green. Cool! So here's the riddle to the joke and at the end of the show I'll give you the answer. Alright, here it is. What is the special offer at the pet shop this week? <laughs> do, you have, do you have any guesses, Mom?
2: Special offer at the pet shop this week. Yeah. <laughs> Birdseed?
1: <seed? laughs> Bird Birdseed. crazy. <laughs> All right. No, that's not it, so we'll get to it. Okay. Well, this is an awesome topic, and I'd like to thank my listener, Sean Taper from Texas, for sending the, his email on what to go green topic this week. And wait, so way to go, Sean. So let's get started. Now when I first started learning about sustainability, I thought that the tall three bladed wind turbines was it. However, windmills are not only thing going green. So I'm gonna bring you way back back in the old time windmills. Now the first windmills were actually developed to automate the tasks of grain grinding and water pumping. And the earliest known design is the vertical axis system, developed in Persia about 500-900 A.D. So the, and also, the first was apparently water pumping, but the exact method of water transport is the verbal accounts. The first known document design is also of the Persian windmill. This one is is a vertical axis, which made bundles of reeds or wood, which would be attached to a central vertical shaft by the horizontal struts, and called a panamone. Which is panamone, which is a type of vertical axis, and which is a wind turbine, as it is also called. It has a rotating axis in its position vertically, while the wind catching the blades move parallel to the wind.
2: Interesting. Oh, yeah, that, that is an old-school type windmill <laughs> design. I, I think I've seen that vertical understood
1: yeah i I've, I've actually seen it in um do- documentaries mm-hmm. and different things with the persian cuz i i know with the 300s thing they they talk oh. about that but also they were talking about some inventions that persia has made
2: understood so cool.
1: yeah <laughs> <laughs> now in the and that's a, that's a that's a little bit of the old old time so now we're going to get into western world in okay. the windmills so the first windmills to appear in the western europe were of the horizontal axis configuration. So they actually changed it from the vertical from horizontal.
2: Yeah, yeah. So the
1: reason for the sudden evolution from the vertical axis, Persian design approach is unknown, but the fact that the European water wheels had a horizontal axis configuration and apparently served as the technological model for the early windmills, they may have, have part of the answer.
2: Understood, understood. So they, they used what was there before to right. help this design.
1: And also another reason they have been the higher structural efficiency of the drag type horizontal machines over the drag type vertical machines, which which is a loose up of half of the rotor collection area mm-hmm, due mm-hmm. to the shielding requirements.
2: Understood, right. They had to do that.
1: Right, so they, it was kind of like breaking down because it was kind of like the vertice; since it was vertical, it was kind of like breaking down.
2: Understood, right, that weight of it. Right. Mhm.
1: And the first illustrations um of a show of a four bladed mountain mounted on a central post called a post mill. And also a wind a windmill with a machinery mounted on the frame that turns in it's entirely to the face of the wind.
2: Oh. Yeah, yeah. That makes sense.
1: <laughs> <laughs> now, the reason why is because the wind goes into
2: it. Okay, it's a
1: generator or a uh, mechanical machine that helps it turn, and that helps the wind get there, and that's energy or uh, a uh, wind machine. Okay, which is was was fairly already fairly technology advanced for the relative relative to the Persian mills. The mills was used wooden cog and ring gears to translate the motion. Of the horizontal shaft to the vertical movement to turn to a grindstone.
2: Oh, the grindstone, yes.
1: And this gear apparently adapted for use on the post mills from the horizontal axis water wheel developed by the Vertuvius.
2: Oh, Vertuvius. Vertuvius. Yes.
1: And as early as 1390... That's kind of, not really early, that's kind of (laughs) old. That's early, that's old, that's true. (laughs) (laughs) But early as an old, old as an early. (laughs) That's
2: right, still good stuff. Um,
1: The Dutch set out the refined, the tower mill design, which had appeared somewhat early along the Mediterranean Sea. Okay. Which the the Dutch essentially affixed the standard post mill to the top of the multi-story tower. So that's where you get into the, Stone where mm-hmm. it's the stone post, okay, and it's the little um little TP at the top looking, oh. and then they have the the actual propeller.
2: The, okay, I re- yes,
1: those those are those kind of and and they actually still use those today.
2: Awesome, and that's that makes a lot of sense because some things that you know we've used centuries decades before we want to definitely keep that into what we're using today because it was a reason that those inventions were made and we can use some of those ideas to help us through our creation and inventions now
1: and with the separate floors devoted to the grinding grain removing staff and storing grain and on the bottom living quarters for the winesmith and his family both the post mill and the later tower mill design had the to be oriented into the grunt, wind manually and you're listening to the Voice America Kids I'm Mario Jr and our topic today is evolution of windmills which is awesome cuz I when I was researching and I was like this real this stuff is really cool okay right i I'd never i wasn't the um the Big top of like knowing everything about these windmills, yeah. but as I was researching them and getting into it, okay, I was like, these things really have a history behind them.
2: Understood. I like that. Also, thank you. Who's that? Sean Taper from Texas for yes. sending in that email. <laughs> thank cool. you so
1: much. <laughs> and also, both the post mill and the later the tower mill design had to be oriented into the wind manually by pushing a large lever. At the back of the mill,
2: understood.
1: Mm-hmm. And the optimizing windmill energy and power output, and the protecting the mill from the damage by furling the rotor sails during storms were among the windsmith's mm-hmm. primary jobs. Mm-hmm. So wow, that's a that is a lot of
2: work. That's a lot of work, and I it's interesting how the towers were made. That yes. that bottom lev- layer, the floor, that was living quarters. Right. So that whole structure was. A business in itself right that's awesome, smart
1: and <laughs> <Yeah>. genius. And <laughs> a primary improvement of the European meals, which mm-hmm. I was talking about earlier, right um, was the designers use of sails that generated aerodynamic lift. Mm. This feature provided improved rotor efficiency compared with the Persian mills by allowing the increase in rotor speed, which also allowed the superior grinding and pumping action.
2: That's right, because they were really using this not only for energy, they were using it for their grain right. as well, you know, so that went into agricultural and also what for produce and living. For. And I,
1: I've i actually seen those. We went to a field trip, and mm-hmm. I've seen the sugar mills and the different kind of mills, and they have the grain inside of them.
2: Interesting. Okay, so, I remember that um, field trip you went on. And they get
1: it, and they uh, process it, and they— Make it into bread if they have those kind of wheat um, grains and um, different kind of food to make, you know. Okay. So that's, so I've actually seen it firsthand oh. Um, how they actually make it.
2: Okay, like, I like that.
1: Um, I had uh, pretzels.
2: Oh, oh, oh. <laughs> with, uh, the
1: uh, <laughs> homemade butter and pretzels. So those those were mm, awesome. <laughs> yummy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And the process of the perfecting the windmill sale making incremental improvements in efficiency took 500 years. Wow. And by the time the process was completed, the windmill sales had the major features recognized by modern designers as being crucial to the performance of the modern wind turbine blades. Mm
2: -hmm, mm -hmm. That's interesting because now you're moving into how it was upgraded, how they took one design, moved it into the next design, and now they can see how it can be used better and more efficient.
1: And now, from recent, and some models have also featured aerodynamic brakes and spoilers and flaps, mm-hmm. and these mills were the electrical motor.
2: Oh, was the electrical motor there?
1: Yes, and that's where we're getting into the more efficient, that's where we are now, the electrical appliances. and And they're more diverse for ranging from the common waterfall, okay. water well irrigation or drainage, Pumping, use a scoop wheel. Grain grinding again using okay. a single or multiple stones.
2: Understood. I like that because they took one lever, one layer, um, lever. I'm sorry, one lever, and now they're doing multiple tasks with that.
1: Right. And the saw milling of the timber, of course, and the processing of other commodities such as spices, cocoa. Uh, paints and dyes. Uh, wow.
2: Now that's interesting. I had no idea with the paints and dyes because, yeah, they would have to take that from the flowers or seeds and make the paints and dyes. Interesting. And while
1: continuing into the 19th century, the use of large tower mills declined with the increase of used steam engines which is an expert of wind power development and occurred thousands of miles to the west.
2: Wow. So now we're getting into the west. We're and getting you- into the west. That, that is truly interesting. I like that. And I tell you what, you, with this information, you are really going to bring us up to date on windmills. Yes,
1: we are. Now, please keep our kids safe. Voice America has teamed up with the missing and exploited children network so please log on to the www.ourfuturesmissing.com and it helped us find our future
2: fantastic
1: let's take a break i'm mario jr keep it right here you're listening to the voice america kids
0: keep thinking green you're tuned in to alive and green with mario jr on voice america kids saving the planet one hour a week at a time now back to the
1: show welcome back to the program on voice america kids i'm mario jr and you are listening to the mario jr live and green show and our topic today is evolution of windmills and of course i have my mom here with me hello everybody Awesome, <laughs> and w- w- before we get back into the green, let me give you the joke of the day, and you know I'll give you the answer at the end of the show. All right, here it is. What is the special offer at the pet shop this week?
2: I already gave mine. I'm already out. Gave yours, yes, you? yes. Nothing.
1: <laughs> All right. This was a this was a first grade segment, but yes. we still have much to tell. Oh, cool. With the twentieth century. Oh, cool. Windmills. Now the first these are the first used for the large scale generation of electricity now I will break these down with you okay. um, we have the um with the w- uh windmills okay. Now, these are the electrical windmills and it's a part of three sections it is the blade which is the which which is the actual um, wind turbine It okay. is the tower that's the shaft or the building it stands upright and the generator oh, wow. those are the three parts now how hmm. this machine works is the wind comes through the wind turbines. Okay. There's a generator in the back. There's gears. When the wind moves the wind turbines, the, the wind turbines move, moves the gears. There's oh. a generator in the back and it moves that and when that moves it generates electricity. It goes down into the uh, tower. Yes. Goes through the ground up to the electrical power lines yes. and goes straight to your home.
2: Oh, awesome. So that's how that works.
1: Yes, it does. And, and there's so many new ones out, and they all do great jobs with it. And, I mean, homes are being saved by this, yes, you know? Yes, yes. So it's awesome. And the first use of a large windmill to generate electricity was a system built in Cleveland, Ohio.
2: Interesting. In
1: 1888 by Charles F. Brush. The Brush machine was the post mill with a multiple blade picket fence rotor 17 meters in diameter. Now, this featuring a large tail hinge to turn the rotor out of the wind, it was the first windmill to in- incorporate mm-hmm. a step-up gearbox in order oh. to turn a direct current generator at its required operational speed.
2: Interesting. So they really had to focus on directing that energy, directing right. the wind using it.
1: That's yes. interesting,
2: I like that
1: yes, and they they try to put the windmills at a you know at a strong current of wind that you mostly get the wind from. You don't want to have it like in a place where it's um uh, with a lot of trees and stuff you because okay. you're not going to get that much wind, but you want it in the open space ah. there's a lot of wind Preferably
2: mm-hmm.
1: um at a ocean base I see where the currents the ocean currents come and hit it.
2: I like that. Yes, that does make sense.
1: Yeah. Mm -hmm. And that's when that's where you get most of the the strong uh, winds.
2: That's true. Because a lot of people that live on the oceans, uh, that's one reason they like living beachside, oceanside, is because they always have a constant breeze. Oh, yeah. (laughs) Nice.
1: Now, despite its relatively success in the operating for 20 years, the Brush Windmill Mm. demonstrated the limitations of the low-speed, high-solidity rotor for electricity production applications.
2: Understood.
1: Now, the 12 kilowatts produced by its 17-meter rotor pales beside the 70 and Mm -hmm. 100 kilowatts.
2: Of course. Produced
1: by the uh, compared sized modern lift-type rotor. Now, those uh, again, that's the um, old-time Europe that we see still today. In 1891, the Dane Paul Lecure developed (laughs) the first electrical output wind machine to incorporate the aerodynamic designs for principles used in the best European tower mills
2: understood yeah his brain really he looked at that the those designs and really saw a future with wind turbines with the power I like that
1: and like I, I've been saying for a while now yeah um like they're bouncing off ideas they in America, they go, they're going to Europe seeing how they have their windmills, and that's how right. great thing because they still use them today.
2: They still use them today, that's right.
1: Mm. So apparently they must be working. <laughs> so they're like, well, what's, well, we want windmills, so yeah. we're going to see who found the best, you know We're going to see uh, what they've been doing and how they what their successes and what they've been uh, doing.
2: That's right. I agree with you 100%.
1: Now, the higher speed of the liqueur rotor made these mills quite practical for electrical generation. <laughs> now, by the close of World War I, the use of 25 kilowatt electrical yeah. outputs, machines had a, uh, spread throughout Denmark. But a cheaper, larger fossil fuel steam plants soon put the operators of these mills out of business.
2: Ah, Wow. Interesting. So the steam plants, they went into the steam uh, energy generating. Yeah. I remember. No, Well, I don't remember that, but <laughs> <laughs> I've read about it. <laughs>
1: You're funny. <laughs> um, well, by 1920, the two dominant rotor configurations, fan type and sail, um, had both been tried and found to be in inadequate for ge- generating appreciable amounts of electricity. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So they're not getting as much. It was a high quality, but it wasn't getting as much energy as, you know, as they would want.
2: That's right. Exactly.
1: And you're listening to the Voice America Kids. I am Mario Jr. And our topic today is the evolution of the windmills. Nice. <laughs> now, with this the further development of the windmill generator electrical systems in the United States mm-hmm. was inspired by the design of airplane propellers and mon- monoplane wings.
2: Understood. Yes.
1: So um, and you would you would kind of get that from <laughs> the look of it. You would think that that just big you know planes exactly. coming in. Exactly. You know but um, you know and that's like I said they keep bouncing off ideas. You know they were like well because um, in the old days in yes. the western days they would okay. have to Multi fan, and that's what we were talking about earlier. The multi um, Blade. blades mm-hmm, that mm-hmm. Would, that was kind of like steel.
2: Oh, uh, yes, I've seen those in movies, documentaries, mm-hmm. that um, maybe seven or eight blades or so, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
1: And, um, and and sometimes even more.
2: Even more, wow!
1: But they were seeing that that wasn't getting as much um, energy for the for the meals and grains.
2: And that's interesting because you would think the more it would be more powerful Mm
1: -hmm. Hmm. now yeah i know (laughs) in the european development continued after world war ii which temporary shortages of the fossil fuel led Mm -hmm. to higher energy costs and this was the european development okay as the united states the primary application for these systems was the interconnection to the electric power grid in denmark the 200 kilowatt uh Gester Meal, wind turbine operated successfully mm-hmm. until the 1960s oh. <laughs> when they declined the fossil fuel prices once again made wind energy made uncompetitive with steam power generating plants.
2: Exactly. Because if they're going to use those fossil fuels, you know, it, it's going to give you the faster power, you know, for a while. For a while. So yeah. I can understand them wanting to use that for just to get out the more quantity, yeah. not necessarily quality, quality but yeah. quantity. Mm-hmm.
1: Now, yeah, now, um, fossil fuel is good, has bad and good. That's right, it's green, but it's also not green uh, you know? yeah, the, way, yeah. the way they burn it. So it's a win, uh, lose, win, win, lose, you know,
2: <laughs> right? Well, like I, I love the way you always say, you know, just reduce a little bit, right. reuse. Right. So if you're not doing using so much of it, it gives the earth a chance to replenish some of our natural resources. Right, mm-hmm. exactly.
1: Now the <laughs> machine featured a three-bladed upwind rotor, which is now our um, recent ones, ah. which was fixed with the pitch blades that use mechanical windmill technology uh, with the airframe support structure. Okay. Now the design with much less Uh, mechanically complex than the Smith-Putnam design. In fact, it was not that far removed from the Paula Cure's 1920-era windmill.
2: Okay, understood.
1: But oldies can be goodies. That's
2: right. (laughs) And, you know, simpler sometimes can be used. Yeah. Yes.
1: In Germany, Professor Alrich Hutter uh, developed a series of Mm -hmm. advanced uh, horizontal axis designs. Okay. Of the intermediate size that utilizes modern airfoil type mm-hmm. fiberglass, I mm-hmm. was uh, telling you um, a little bit about that, That's right. and plastic blades uh, with variable pitch to provide lightweight and high efficiencies.
2: I like that because you think if you're smaller, maybe a small farm, yeah. or you know, maybe you're residential, but you're in farmland, but you right. don't own a farm itself, and you want to have the wind turbine or wind help. That makes sense to have, you know, maybe the plastic or fiberglass. And plus I like the smaller, that. Smaller,
1: because you don't want like uh, it's. I mean, these these um, windmills are humongous. Yeah, humongous. Yes. And you don't really want. I mean, I guess if you have if you have a big enough big enough farm land, yes. but I mean, if it's close to your house, it's kind of like it's kind of dangerous also because <laughs> those blades are not dull at all. They're kind of sharp. They're and not you sharp. Don't want None of those. Uh, uh, going through your house
2: <laughs> <laughs> no no at all <laughs> <That's right. laughs> definitely you don't want those blades going through your house at all and uh, you have the smaller versions and that way it's helpful for the families you you can utilize what is there for you
1: now this design yeah exactly done because this design approach sought to be reduced bearing okay and structural structural failures by shedding aerodynamic loads Rather than uh, withstanding them mm-hmm, as the mm-hmm. as the Danish approach, now, understood with the plastic, it was it was good, but it was kind of since it was, it was plastic, you right? Know, so it's it's not going to hold as much as a steel or a wood wood.
2: That's true <laughs> wood wood wood, wood.
1: <laughs> <laughs> And one of the most inactive load shedding design features was the use of the bearing at the radar hub.
2: Understood.
1: And if you would like to share your green story. As a guest, email me by clicking the contact host button on the voiceofamericakids.com. Also, keep up with what's happening in my world. Log on to blog.com or Facebook, Mario Richley Jr. or to me at Junior 98 Now, let's take a break. I'm Mario Jr. Keep it right here. You're listening to the Voice of America Kids.
0: Kids face very tough and very real issues every single day. It can be bad. But sometimes, they can get to be a handful. And just when you think you have them under control, that's when things get, well, crazy. For help, tune in to Paul's Around the World. You'll get the inside secrets on keeping your pet the friend it's supposed to be, along with stories to keep you warm and fuzzy. Listen Fridays at 5 p.m. Pacific, 8 p.m. Eastern on Voice America Kids. Keep thinking green, you're tuned in to Alive and Green with Mario Jr. on Voice America Kids. Saving the planet one hour a week at a time. Now, back to the show. Welcome
1: back to the program on Voice America Kids. I'm Mario Jr. and you are listening to the Mario Jr. Alive and Green show. And our topic today is evolution of windmills. But well, before we jump back into the green, let me give you the riddle to the joke And as you know, I'll give you the answer at the end of the show. What is the special offer at the pet shop this week? No No clue. clue. No (laughs) clue. Okay, okay. (laughs) And of course, we have my mom here with me. Hi, everybody. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Now we're about to go into making a windmill stamp in America.
2: Nice. And this
1: is a great spot to just say, you only fail when
2: you quit. That's true, yeah.
1: Now, we're making a federal case here. In the United States, the federal government involved in the wind energy research and development began the earnest with the two year years after the so-called Arab oil crisis mm-hmm, in 1973.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah.
1: Now, despite the speed in which it I- initiated and began to show results with this program, ultimately provided to be the largely ineffective because of the wow. interference of the political factors mm-hmm. and the withdrawal of the financial support before success could be even be- achieved.
2: That is so, uh, you know, it's just a, a tough spot to be in. Yeah. And we understand politics. We understand the full picture. Um. So you want to be able to help. You have to stay with the political realms or ranges of, but it does. It's a thin line.
1: Yeah. And that was a tough time
2: mm-hmm. so
1: i would i i would kind of agree that they couldn't really get into it because of that time they had to kind of stop what they're doing, yeah, and kind of get back on track, kind of help them you know
2: that's right so
1: i can I can understand that now the federal research of the development activities resulted in the design fabrication, and the testing of the thirteen different small wind turbine designs. Mm-hmm. the horizontal axis turbine, which is the halt hot. Uh, HAWT designs. Yes. And several vertical axis, the vault, mm. VAWT. VAWT. <laughs> <laughs> which is the designs ranging from 5 to over 500 kilowatts, which is a lot. <laughs> That's a lot.
2: That's bringing in power.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yes, it is. Now, utilities would not consider wind power to be a serious power source unless large megawatt scale, which is a utility scale. Yeah. Now, Systems were available, but notwithstanding the usual cases of the California wind farms, recent mm-hmm. events such as the development of one-plus megawatt giants in Europe. Wow. And we have shown this, the view, as the fundamentally correct.
2: Understood. That becomes fundamentally correct. That is the view. You're right.
1: Yes. Mm-hmm. And also, this beginning. that's beginning with the 100-kilowatt Mod Zero <laughs> installed at NASA's Plum, brook ohio facility in 1975 oh yeah and that's in the u.s Mm -hmm. the u.s program rapidly moved through several generations including mod one and the 100 meter diameter mod two wind turbines now that's pretty big
2: go usa (laughs) (laughs) yeah
1: and now that's with the the rotor diameter is the actual width span of the wind turbines and that's like imagine like a little circle around when it goes around. Okay. How big it is, and also the sweep um, area of the blades, mm-hmm. which is where the turbines are. The wind turbines are actually sub- separated,
2: so it's like that oh, wow. triangle. Yes
1: and the circle of the diameter of the whole thing.
2: Understood. Nice illustration. (laughs)
1: Thank you. Thank you. (laughs) Unfortunately, the the program was burdened by an early area that took four years to overcome. Oh, no. Actually, in the 1974, perhaps, expecting to reproduce the success of U.S. Mm -hmm. rocketry development by copying advanced German designs, NASA engineers, uh, turn to Hudders Hutter's okay. blueprints for answers.
2: Smart, smart.
1: So they're also going back, just uh, back, you know, just trying to figure out what what, what was the problem exactly.
2: Mm-hmm. That's understood.
1: Now, with that, while using the Hutter's two-bladed downwind order configuration for the early designs, they failed to note that the importance mm. of the fact of Hutter's. Machines featuring teetering hubs. Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> now, known to the essential for reducing the dynamic loads created by tower shadow in the two-bladed machines, NASA engineers were out outsta- mm-hmm. by the huge dynamic loads the first Mod oh, Zero yeah. machine developed whenever a blade entered the dead space between the tower.
2: That's right.
1: Which was also much beefier and blocked more than... More wind than hudders.
2: Understood, right?
1: Design, mm-hmm. and it took several years to, for engineering studies, responding wow. to outrage congressional mm. inquiries from mm-hmm. the from none other than Barry Goldwater. Okay, where she was like, "What's going on?" So he's right. writing things, you know, trying to figure out <laughs> what's going on here. That's right. <laughs> and the other diversions to figure out what the what, what's going on. And switch to upwind teetering hub configuration.
2: That's right. That's right. And you know it takes a team. We, yeah, it we does. always talk about that. You know, I like the way you, Eco Junior, you work with others and you take input that they have. It's like you, no one person knows everything. Right. And so you're sending in those inquiries and wondering what's going on. It actually helps. Right. To make another person's
1: uh, eyes. You know, because it. Um, one two has a better than
2: one. That's true. That is absolutely correct.
1: Um, and uh, again you are listening to the Voice of America Kids. I'm Mario Jr. and our topic today is the evolution of the windmills. Nice. The Richard Hub NASA turbines with the probable useful machine life measured in months, mm. nonetheless served as useful stand ins for demonstration projects. Right. Until real machines arrived in the early nineteen eighties.
2: Understood. Yes. Yeah. Now the pro mom Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. i'm sorry and you use that for prototypes prototypes are never bad you know Mm -hmm. an idea that you have is never wrong right even if it's not quote unquote successful right it's still successful
1: it's still successful Mm -hmm. and just like even if you fall on your face you're still moving forward i like that that's right you're still moving forward i mean if you try try and try and you're gonna eventually succeed i agree now these um now these modules, mm-hmm. the the mod ARA A- okay. OA, the program's biggest early success was for uh the four mod A O A two thousand kilowatt machines by the US utility companies. Oh yeah, yeah. Now the moniker real machine did not apply to the Mod One, the program's first attempt at the megawatt scale system, because it was designed before the problems with the Mod Zero. Oh no. You understood and so the design was a lame duck even before the acoustic renaissance problems, mm. and themselves aggravated, aggravated uh, by the lack of teetering
2: mm-hmm, hub. Mm-hmm.
1: Now this got the first of only installation of the Boone, North Carolina.
2: Understood. So that you know that one was already, like you said, a lame duck. Right. I, I like that <laughs> analogy, and that is just the truth. It was already a bomb before it got before started. Before it even
1: got started, oh, right? No. And these are small wonders. A small um, machine-developed effort was belatedly uh, started in 1976 when the Federal Test Center established at Rocky Flats, Colorado, uh, found that available machines were neither properly designed nor Mm -hmm. reliable, reliable enough to do the jobs envisioned by the Federal Application Studies.
2: Understood. Right. And those small wonders- it does help, you know. You take the designs that you've had before, you look at these blueprints and all the information that you have, and just make small strides.
1: Right now, with the four years, the thirteen wind turbines design and the five application-based uh, size rangers were procured, designed, fabricated, and mm-hmm. tested. Mm-hmm. Now, now they have about four different um, mod modules, okay, and they're trying to test them out. And they're and I actually have the names of them. They have the one through two kilowatt high re, uh, relatable. Yes. The um, four kilowatt small residential, eight and 15 kilowatt residential and commercial, and lastly, 40 kilowatt business and agricultural. Ed-
2: ed- Fantastic. So, those groups, and just like you were saying earlier, you know, depending on the size of your living, or right. what your business is doing, our yeah. neighborhood. Our neighborhood. Mm-hmm. There are different modules that can help out that particular group. Right. Fantastic. And these were
1: all successes of the uh, program. Included the one through th- uh, three kilowatt and six six kilowatt. Now these small turbines were commercialized by the Northern Power Systems and still being sold for remote power uses. Cool. And also a three-bladed forty sixty kilowatt machine Ooh. installed by the hundreds in California wind farms by in intertech.
2: Oh yeah. Now,
1: that's a big company. Um, I actually seen some of their um, things, what they're doing. And that's awesome.
2: That is awesome. Exactly. And you can see, you know, I'm not sure how many people have traveled to California, uh, California to see the huge diameter of uh, windmills that are, placed along the coast or in different areas that's truly generating large amounts of energy.
1: Yes, and um, that's uh, simply correct. (laughs) (laughs) But in 1981, the biggest successes of the federal program were not measured in hardware, Mm -hmm. but in the number of designs shown to be unfeasible And in the amount of expertise developed in in both the federal programs and in their private industry Mm -hmm, of mm -hmm. subcontractors.
2: Understood. Yeah, there's always room for improvement.
1: Now, the ground was laid for success, but this was not yet to happen.
2: Oh, no. Mm -hmm.
1: Now, the federal development efforts were quickly... Uh, messed up <laughs>
2: oh, no. by the
1: Reagan administration when the banking, the banking and the investment industry threw its lobby support behind the wind industry efforts to obtain huge energy tax uh, credits, which is a bad deal.
2: Understood. Understood. That's true.
1: Well, thank you. Are you ten to seventeen and you want to be on the radio? Well, let me show you how easy it is. Log on to www.radioblog.com. You can you can do it too and sit back and enjoy my fun behind the scenes video then record your video audition and upload it because voice of america kids videos auditions are being accepted now <laughs> what are you waiting for if i can do it you can do it too let's take a break i'm Mario Jr and keep it right here listening to the voice of america kids
0: tune in to the terrence rogers show every monday at 3 p.m pacific 6 p.m eastern on the voice america kids channel you'll laugh cry and most importantly this show will reach out and touch your life
3: what is take two take two crazy hosts put them in front of two microphones and use your two ears to enjoy the fun times two take two we'll go back way back to the favorite tv shows of our childhood your parents childhood Um, no. Uh, try again, Chris. Take two. We'll take you back to the favorite TV shows of our generation, past and present, and apply them to what's going on in our own lives. Trust us, it'll be a blast. Tune in to Take Two every Monday at 4 p.m. Pacific, 7 p.m. Eastern, on the Voice America Kids channel. There is so much going on in the tech field. The technology show is here to sort it all out so that you know exactly what you need to get and what you should avoid. In this age of cell phones and text messaging and new discoveries every single day, you need to be informed. We'll bring you previews of new products, technology news, and help you make the right decision when you are out there buying that new MP3 player, cell phone, or mobile device. Don't do a thing until you've tuned in to The Technology Show, Tuesdays at 5 p.m. Pacific, 8 p.m. Eastern, on Voice America Kids. What are some of the issues that kids face every day? You'll find out when you tune in to the appropriately named Today's Kids. Your hosts are here to open the doors to a forum of all kinds of issues. Nothing is off the table here, and because it's on the Voice America Kids channel, you know you're getting a kid's perspective. Tune in every Friday at 4 p.m. Pacific Time, 7 p.m. Eastern Time for Today's Kids. Your hosts will lead this forum of engaging conversation on Voice America Kids.
0: thinking green you're tuned in to alive and green with mario jr on voice america kids saving the planet one hour a week at a time now back to the show welcome back to the program on voice america
1: kids i'm mario jr and you're listening to the mario jr alive and green show and our topic today is evolution of windmills and who's ready for that joke of the day I am. <laughs> and that great green tip. <laughs> okay, I promise in this segment you will get them. Here's the riddle to the joke for my listeners that may have missed it. Okay. All right. <laughs> what is the special offer at the pet shop this week? Special offer.
2: Special offer at the pet shop. <laughs>
1: <laughs> no guesses still? None. Okay. Well... This is a turning out to be a great show, yeah, but there's yeah. so much more in store. Okay. This is about the present future, kind of, of windmill success.
2: Awesome. After
1: 1980, the market in the United States was dominated by the emergence, emergency of the wind farm. Okay. Which this market was almost totally unexpected, which was... Uh, the phenomenon resulting from the uh, color sense of the several mm-hmm. application dependent, right, leg- legislative and economic factors, mm-hmm. which was powered, uh, produced by the wind turbines in California, was which, which I was talking about. They mostly at the uh, California coast, yeah. uh, they mostly put the windmills there at the coast so they get uh, more wind,
2: understood, from, okay,
1: uh, from the ocean currents. And which was ex- extremely attractive to utilities serving coastal uh, cities, mm-hmm. uh, cities because periods of wind, high winds of the coastal hills correlate fairly with high commercial and residential air conditioning loads
2: That's right. in the summer. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm.
1: Now, among the key economic factors were the federal energy credit of 15%, a 10 federal investment credit, and 50% Uh, California state energy credit
2: and that's wonderful because you know when companies are utilizing uh the wind turbines or the uh wind power you know sources there when you can get credits for using that it helps you financially and it allows you to take take those steps into using alternative measures so I think that was a great way to you know incorporate political aspects into your natural resource
1: yeah, exactly. Now mm-hmm. that's because that's helping your credit and yeah. going green. Because whoever uses that, they're going green without even um, thinking about it. That's true. So, I mean, that's that's why I love the wind turbines mm-hmm. and the wind generator because they they are constantly going and moving right. and they're helping the homes uh, 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 for electricity.
2: That's right. That's right.
1: So the there was the these together were attractive rates offered. By utilities for power pr- uh, produced by the alternative sources, which were uh, packaged into attractive investment products by okay. the private financial firms yeah. and investment houses. Yeah, yeah. Now this boom was not expected to happen the way it did.
2: Oh no. Which
1: was which was a kind of a you know <laughs> like a whoa, which is good. <laughs> hey,
2: when you put your best foot forward, it works out.
1: Yes, it does. Now, this is setting the stage in 1980 through 81, several things happened simultaneously that caused the new wind energy tax legislation to emerge from Congress looking entirely different from than even the wind industry had expected.
2: Interesting.
1: Like the large multi-megawatt turbines uh, ran into predictable uh, designs Mm -hmm. problems because the development cycle was compressed by political impatience to an absurd two to four years instead of more... uh, Recent six to eight years.
2: Understood, right? And that's a learned process. I mean, right. Yeah, it, it takes time when you're trying to incorporate something new or better and or helpful. And nothing's going to be perfect, and it doesn't happen overnight.
1: Right, and it's mostly like trial and error. Yes, um, especially for uh, world changing thing exactly. like this. You can't always get it the first time. You can't. And you know, most most of the greatest you know things that happen in the world is is by mistakes.
2: Now you have a great point there. <laughs> so, <laughs> That's true.
1: I mean, like I said, it's just trial, trial and error, and uh, at the end you you'll get it correct. You'll get it. And in the near future, you know, the wind energy will be the most cost-effective source of electrical power. In fact, a good case can be made for saying that it already has achieved this status, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. which it pretty much has. Right. Know? And you know, the actual life of the cycle cost of fossil fuels is not okay. really known, no. but it is certainly far more than the current wholesale rates than the eventual um, depletion of these energy sources will entail rapid es- escalations exactly. in the price which averaged over the brief period of their use.
2: That's true. Yeah.
1: Will in- which will result in a postponed actual cost that will be unacceptable by the <laughs> uh, pr- uh, present standards.
2: That's true. You know, you're going to put those cost effective, you know, it has to make sense because it won't make
3: dollars. (laughs) (laughs) Right.
1: And this doesn't even consider the environmental and political costs of fossil fuels Mm -hmm. used that are silently and not so silently mounting every day.
2: Right. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. You know, so I agree with you 100% because, I mean, we can't really take a look into the earth and see how much of our natural resources are there for us. So that is, you are absolutely correct.
1: Now you're listening to the Voice America Kids. I'm Mario Jr. And our topic today is evolution of windmills. Awesome. Now we're getting back into the future. <laughs> now the major technology developments enabling wind power commercialization um, have already been made okay um there will be infinite refinements and improvements, of yeah, course of course <laughs> you know one man guess uh based on experience with other technologies that the eventual push to full commercialization and the deployment of the technology will happen in a manner that no one can imagine today that's true, you know, so mm-hmm. there will be a weather change in the marketplace or a killer application <laughs> somewhere <laughs> that will be several key companies and financial organizations in a position to profit.
2: And, you know, I, I recall on uh, one of your shows, you were speaking in reference to Mr. Al Gore and mm-hmm. what he's doing to go green. And I think this is one of the key issues that he speaks on as well. You know, just to, just to have an alternative, you always need options. You don't ever want to be stuck in a place that um, you're going to just be without Mm-hmm.
1: Now they will take advantage of the public interest, of course, you know, and the political and economic climate, and emotional or marketing factors to position the energy technology devoted in the lineage from the uh, China, oh. uh, the uh, Chinese, and the Persians to pers- to the present wind energy researchers and developments mm-hmm. for the next round of development. So we have um, basically taught you everything. I know about windmills and the evolution of the windmills. We brought you from Persian, from the Persia, from Europe
2: to America, and now today. I like that. That is fantastic. That's absolutely awesome. So we'll be able to do, we'll be, you're teaching a lot of people information on the windmills. It's absolutely wonderful.
1: Now, and this is all thanks to my listener, Sean Taper from Texas. Thank you so much for sending his, e- for his your email, on uh, the green topic that he wanted to learn about. I like that. So thank you so much, Sean, for uh, giving our listeners a wonderful show on the evolution of windmills.
2: Cool. Way to go. Way to go.
1: And wow, it's almost time to go. Oh, and no. today we've been talking about evolution of windmills (laughs) and it's definitely been awesome but Mm -hmm. before you go um how about i give you that joke of the day and the great green tip
2: that'll work
1: all right (laughs) now i know that we've been waiting for the answer to the riddle here we go first let me say the riddle again what is the special offer at the pet shop this week (laughs) Any guesses? Like at the last second? I said
2: bird seed, <laughs> but it's like a special offer. So, right. what is a special? What is the special offer at the pet shop this week? All I have right. no clue. Now, here,
1: here it is, right here. Here it is. <laughs> Buy one cat, get one flea.
2: <laughs> oh, no. hey You couldn't get that one. <laughs> get that, one. that is crazy. Wait. That is crazy. Buy one cat. Get, get one, one flea. Flea. Uh, flea. No, I don't want that special <laughs> offer. I didn't You mean. don't want that I'm a one. pass on it. You can get sleeping movement or something <laughs> okay. okay i like that i like that mario and laughter is one of the key go green sources i think yeah. you know it <laughs> helps it helps you stay alive it keeps you young so yeah. thank you for incorporating that into your shows You're welcome. laughter yeah
1: and now here's your great green tip okay here it is the great green tip of the day never doubt doubt that small group of people of thoughtful committed citizens can change the world. Indeed, it's the only thing that ever has.
2: I agree with you on that. Yeah, teamwork.
1: And that can go definitely into the windmills that mm-hmm. they've teamwork from Persian, yeah, European, Chinese, mm. American.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: I mean, they've been working together and they made a big difference. A
2: big difference. I big agree difference. with you on that one. Wow.
1: And if you would like to have a guest spot on this show, email me by clicking the contact host button on the voiceofamericakids.com. Also keep up with what's happening in my green adventures. Log on to the iradioblog.com or Facebook, Ryan Richley Jr. or tweet me at ecojunior 98 And are you 10 to 17 and you want to be on a radio? Well, let me show you how easy it is. Log on to www.radioblog.com. You can do it too. And sit back and enjoy the fun behind-the-scenes video. Then record your video audition and upload it, because the Voice America Kids auditions are being accepted now. What are you waiting for? If I can do it, you can definitely do it too.
2: That is so cool. That's true. I like that. Help help the kids find a way to uh, make a difference in this world.
1: And also, please keep our kids safe. Voice America has teamed up with the Missing Exploited Childrens Network. Please log on to www.ourfuturismissing.com and help us find our future.
2: That is so wonderful. I think that's a great idea.
1: Thank you so much for joining us. You have been listening to the Mario Jr. Alive and Green Show. And I'm Mario Jr. asking, what are you doing to go green? On voicemarkerkids.com.
0: Thanks for tuning in to the show. Mario Jr. will be here again next week with another edition of Alive and Green. We hope you'll join us again, too, right here on the Voice America Kids channel.
3: The future of online TV is here. View exclusive content from your favorite talk radio hosts and new programs that you can't see anywhere else. Visit voiceamerica.tv today.